Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Got a few things in my heart tonight we'll talk about and then see where we go and um, trust that you're believing God with me. And uh, we'll get to where we need to be and look at a few things here. You know, this morning we're talking about seasons and times that we're in and uh, the fact the fact that, you know, we go through stuff and stuff comes our way. And, you know, the fact that when things come our way, it shouldn't, it shouldn't knock us off course. It shouldn't unsettle us. You know, we ought to know these things ahead of time. You know, um, uh, you know, nobody enlists in the army, not, you know, uh, thinking that everything's going to be just peachy keen everywhere they go. You enlist knowing that you're going to, there's an enemy. That's why there needs to be an army. And it would be foolish, you know, for, for a recruiter or somebody to recruit somebody with the, the idea that you're going to go to Club Med for the next few years. No, you're going to go to basic training. You're going to go to boot camp. And, and you, you face some hardships during that. And then that's times where your flesh is disciplined. Why? Because you're getting ready for an adversary that you have to face. And, you know, we're, we're in this world on kingdom business. We're in the army of God. And there's an adversary we have to face. And so, um, you know, being aware of these things, you know, like I said, it shouldn't, it shouldn't knock us off track when these things come. But... It does when we keep our attention and our focus in the wrong place, when our eyes or our focus is where it ought not be, you know, these things can come our way, can, can actually unsettle us. And so really part of uh, a successful Christian walk, I believe, is staying vigilant in this area and making sure we're mindful of, yeah, there's an adversary out there, but, but more important than that, we serve a big God. And uh, he's given us all the tools necessary. Uh, and when something first arises, recognize it as what it is. It's, it's a defeated, a weak opportunity, a weak attempt to get us off course. And it's just not going to work. You know, and if we run to folding our hands and wringing our necks or wringing our hands, whatever the water that is. But uh, I don't know if you want to wring your own neck. But uh, folding our hands, wringing our hands, whatever it is. Uh, how many know that we're, we're not setting off on the good, on the right, the right foot from the beginning? But you know, God is, God is diligent and he's faithful with us and he's good to us. And, and so when these things come our way, you know, we want to make sure that we're, um, we're aware and we handle them right. So one of the things we talked about this morning and I'd given some different, different points or some different things to be mindful of. And honestly, you know, I hate giving, uh, uh, treating things in a step-by-step basis because, you know, a lot of times we can start looking at the steps of things and, and miss the heart of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And so steps are good because they're good reminders for us and things to look to and, and things to remind ourselves of. But how many know that it all needs to extend from our heart? It all needs to come from a place of, of revelation and a desire for him. And, and that's why I ended with the one that I did as far as run to the presence of God. Because really, um, that's where our victory begins and that's where our victory ends is in the presence of God. And so, you know, I appreciate times like tonight we come in and, and we don't have a, a strong agenda. We just come in and just enjoy fellowship with one another, but also enjoy spending time in the presence of God. And, and, and I've said this before, but the presence of God is not... Um, you know, it's not some mysterious thing, but it's a destination that we've been called to live in and to walk in and to experience on a regular basis. And so um, just talk for a few minutes about some of these things. And, and I want to stir you up in some areas, you know, uh, but before I even get it, go over with me to Luke chapter 15, Luke, the 15th chapter. And I trust that you're believing God with me tonight uh, and not just like Kelsey waiting to leave because it's raining outside, but uh, actually having a heart to get something this evening. You know, I like to pick on, it's my, it's my, it's my love language, picking. If you didn't know that, it's, it's my love language. So, 
Zach knows this very well. Harassment is my love language. But anyway, I want to read here the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. You might think, well, what in the world has this got to do with the presence of God? What in the world has this got to do with, with anything? We'll just start here in Luke chapter 15. As we were worshiping tonight, the Lord reminded me of this. And, and um, you know, when we read this story, we, we oftentimes, you know, look at the fact that God is merciful, in which he is. Well, let's just read it. Mark chapter 15, verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided uh, to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, just ungodly living, just really a lifestyle that was not, uh, not on par or on, on course with who he was, One, a lifestyle that was lower than him. In verse 14, when he had spent all he had, there, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15, then he went and joined, him, joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to the fields uh, to feed swine. Now, obviously, Jesus here was speaking in, in to, to Jews, and, and the fact that this, in this account, this person was in the feed, field feeding the swine was just a picture of abject uh, had completely lost everything and really even lost his identity altogether. And um, goes on to say, verse 16, when he had gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to, to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and stay with him, father, uh, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. And put it on him and put a ring in his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the, to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And they said to him, your brother has come and because he, he, had, he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been with you, serving you. I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me any, a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, you have devoured, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It is right it was, it was right that we should make Mary and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and is found. And so we read these, this passage, and, and you know, we're always just amazed at the goodness of God, and, and amazed that uh, you know, no matter where we find ourselves, you know, the Lord has never turns his back on us, and he, he's never given up on us. And it's something that you know, we all find ourselves in a time or, or places in life where we feel as though we've done something or gone too far or what have you, you know, that, that God's done with us. And it's good to know he's never done with us. Aren't you glad? And uh, he's never finished with us, but he's always, uh, his heart is towards us. And so, you know, we look at this and we marvel at this. And of course, you know, we understand that this, the, this young man had to come to his senses and come home. But how many know that this young man, the prodigal son that left, was not the only one who had to come to his senses? They both had to come to their senses. 
And, um, you know, we see in this that the, the attitude of the father, and of course this is representing our father, our heavenly father, that when he was a long ways off, um, verse 20, when he rose and came to his father, when he, when, he, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And so we can see here, you know, that, that this is a, a picture of our heavenly father and how much he desires to be with us. Even in the midst of our trouble, how much he desires to be with us. And so, you know, I love this when, when you, that it wasn't just something that he just happened to be doing. It's, it shows that the father on a daily basis was looking to the distance, had his eye on the horizon on a regular basis at, at, the, at the opportunity to see his son coming around the corner. He believed that the things that had been deposited in his life would come back and would draw him back home. The goodness would, of, his, of the father's house would draw him back home. And so he was always looking. And so this is a man who was diligent to have a heart that was open for his lost son, his son that was apart and away. He desired not just passively, but actively was looking for an opportunity to restore fellowship with him. And was actively looking for an opportunity to, to, to mend that bond that had been broken by the son's choice. He was looking to mend it. So we're thankful for that. But like I said, there was two people that had to come to their senses in, in this story. You have obviously the young man who left, but how many of the other young men had also had a warped sense of what was available and what wasn't available? Because he got angry when, when the father threw a party for this one and said, listen, I've served you. I've done all this stuff for you, but you've never thrown a party for me. And this father said, listen, I've always, it's as, what is mine is yours. It's always been available to you. And, you know, in talking about difficult times and difficult seasons, you know, we, 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 we talk about when we find ourselves in, in times of trouble, the necessity to run to the presence of God. And that's very real. But more important than that is even when times there is nothing going on, maintaining a heart of desiring that fellowship in, in our full privileges, what fully belongs to us in our relationship with him and in experiencing that on a regular basis is so important because we can develop a service mentality and forget the fact that we're sons and daughters. And, and he had begun to base his relationship with, with his father based on what he was doing for the father and how he was doing the right thing and not doing the wrong things. And yet he was missing out on the fellowship that was available to him all the time. And so, you know, for us, uh, even in, no matter when, when we're, we're, things are, are easy or whenever we're going through times where we're having to really buckle down and, and, and depend upon the Lord and, and seek shelter under the wing of the Almighty when those times come, the, the important thing is to always maintain a heart where we're always looking to enjoy the fellowship that's available to us, where we're not getting busy doing the works of the ministry or doing the works of the kingdom, but actually enjoying the fact that we're members and part of the kingdom and part of the family of God. And so, um, you know, this is something that has, is available to us and really our recognition of this and our ability to put it into action really determines what God's able to do in our life and, and how he's able to express himself and the, the benefit we're able to enjoy from being united with him. You know, you think about um, Moses that, uh, go over to Exodus, let me find it, Exodus, I had written this down somewhere, some of my own personal notes here, let me see if I can find it, Exodus, 
believe it's the 33rd chapter. Is it 11? Well, chapter 33. So Moses spoke, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. He would not return to the camp, but, to, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. But it says here that Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. And so, you know, there, it's not the scripture I'm looking for, but, but there was something about Moses' ability to fellowship with him that he gained access to the father in a way that nobody else really had. There's only a few people really in scripture that's ever talked about that they knew they had a face-to-face encounter with God. Very few people have got this, this, have had this opportunity. Obviously Moses did and, and Moses's encounter with God marked him for the rest of his life. Moses's encounter with, with the father, this face-to-face encounter marked him, but really it marked him for the journey that was ahead, but it was something that set him aside from, from in all in, in human history, set him aside. Well, then Jesus later had a face-to-face encounter, so much so that it changed his countenance. But, you know, one of the reasons why Moses had this, because he sought to know him. The Bible speaking of Moses said that he, that, that uh, uh, God made his ways known to Moses, but his acts known to the children of Israel. There's a reason why the children of Israel uh, didn't have the same experience with him. It wasn't because they, they were somehow inferior. It's because they didn't desire it. It wasn't something they kept in front of them. It was something they were settling in a role. They were settling for a relationship that was enjoying being around the presence of God. They, they set their camp up to follow the presence. They set their camp up to go when the, when the cloud would rest, they would stop. When it would stop, they would stop. When, the, when it would pick up and the fire at night would move on, they would move their camp. And so they were dependent upon that presence. They realized that's where their protection was. That's where their, their identity came from. They realized that, but they didn't go the extra mile to actually know his ways. One translation of that scripture about Moses said he knew God's character. That Moses pressed in to know God's character where they were satisfied just knowing his acts, the deeds that he did. And so maintaining this place in our life where we're not satisfied with just knowing about him or what he does, but we must have him and know him and, 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 and have gain access, learn to get comfortable approaching the very presence of God. It's vital. It's the greatest responsibility we have. It's the greatest opportunity we have. And like I said this morning, I ended with with. That, that feature, that, that uh, uh, answer or, or response to difficult times is running to the presence of God, but it's, we're able to do it when we make it our lifestyle. We're able to, we're able to, to cultivate uh, an awareness and a familiarity when it becomes our lifestyle running to the presence of God. And so, you know, tonight I want to encourage you to seek after that. There's so many things we can use our faith on. There's so many things we can use our faith on. There is nothing more important than using your faith to your faith to know him. There's nothing more important than using your faith to actually know him personally. Go over to a Proverbs chapter uh, chapter three. I read this scripture uh, on Sunday mornings. A lot of times when we take up the offering and read these scriptures, but um, there's so many good things here in them in these scriptures. But in Proverbs, the third chapter. And I'll read this to you out of another translation in just a second. But Proverbs chapter 3, we'll read verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And so trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So it says here that trusting in the Lord with all of your heart is opposite than leaning on your own understanding. If you're going to experience him, we've got to abandon leaning on what we know. It, there's a danger in feeling like we know everything. We, we, we don't know much of anything, to be honest. We really don't know very much. God is way bigger than what we've even come to know yet. And so on one hand, you know, that, that ought to be uh, uh, something that, 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 oh, it's kind of a reality check to us. But also it's an enticing thing. We can know him. We can know him. He's not hidden himself. He's not hiding himself, but is there to be revealed. The scripture says in, in uh, Corinthians that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But these things have been revealed to us by his spirit. It's God's intention to reveal all aspects of who he is and the benefits of knowing him. It's his heart to reveal all of that to us. But we've got to desire that. I said we've got to desire that. And if we're not knowing God more intimately every day, it's because we don't really want it. And I think, you know, above everything else, the, the, the biggest uh, affront to our Savior and what he's done for us is a lack of a desire to know him. Personally, intimately, and closely. It says here of this scripture in the Passion Translation, it says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become in intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. The next it goes on to say, don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him in undivided devotion and, and and avoid with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. And so, you know, this intimacy that has been made available to us, this running through the presence of God is available to us all, but really comes down to what are we satisfied with? You know, I would love for us to, 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 to cultivate, and I believe we are, but continue in our own personal lives and as a church to continue to cultivate a hunger and a desire for the presence of God, because out of that is where the, everything of life comes from. Where our walk comes from, where our, our answers come from, all of these things, this is where it comes from. And learning to develop that in one another, learning to instill and draw on that in one another is so important as a church body that we do that for one another. This morning after service, uh, Eric, uh, we were leaving, we were in the back and he was with Charlie. And he asked Charlie, he says, where, where's God at? And, and Charlie said, in my heart. And, and I'm not going to do the Charlie voice, but she's in my heart. And, and, and Eric said, no, that's Jesus. Where's God at? And, and, and she said, in my heart. And he said, no, no, that's Jesus. Where's God at? And he, she said, in my heart. She was, she was insistent. He said, well, in a way he is, but, 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 uh, uh, but that's not what I'm talking about. Where's God at? And, and, and he said, she usually says everywhere. And, you know, what a great thing to teach our children. What a great thing to teach uh, 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 those that we are training up underneath us because teaching them that and putting that understanding in them causes us to look for him everywhere, which when we do that, then he's involved in every area of our life. Isn't that Proverbs chapter three, acknowledging him and everything that we do and every, isn't that what that is? That's a childlike way of doing that, uh, of learning to recognize and to look for him in everything we do. Why? Cause he's everywhere. 
His presence is everywhere. It's available everywhere. And so I was, I was really blessed by that. What an awesome thing that is to, to be instilling that. Well, we have to learn to instill that in those who come in. How I many know we've got a responsibility when people start coming here to begin to, our, our, our culture, to instill this desire to see him everywhere and to experience him on a regular basis. It's part of our calling to do that. Well, how can we do it if we're not pursuing him personally? If we're not looking for him personally and looking for him to, to be made known and revealed in our life in every single area, we can have that. We can have that. We can experience that. We can have a walk with him that is that close to when it's said about us that we knew him in an intimate way, that we knew his character, we knew his ways, not just what he did. And we didn't just give thanks for what he did, and, and that's good, but we knew his purpose behind what he did. It says back in, in Exodus 33, he knew each other face to face as a friend. As a friend. Is your relationship with him one that you would consider a friend? Do you recognize him everywhere like you would recognize a friend? Do you see him everywhere like you see somebody that you're close with, that you're involved with on a regular basis? I believe the answer of that really determines what, what we're having in life and the richness of our Christian experience. That, that is determining the richness of our Christian experience. And really, it'll determine the life of our church is where the presence of God is welcome, where it's people that are pursuing after him in every area of our life. Amen? We can have this. We can have this. So I want to encourage you tonight, you know, to begin to use your faith for these things. To draw near with an open heart, expecting him to draw near to you. Because after all, he did say in his word, that's exactly what he would do. And not be satisfied for just being busy for the kingdom, but be busy fellowshiping with the king of the kingdom. Yeah, we can have that. So use our faith in these areas. Be, be instilling this in, our, in those that we're, we're, we're raising up. Something that I've talked about a lot is you know, our responsibility to, to, to disciple, right? Those that, that God brings in. We shouldn't be an island unto ourselves, but looking to bring somebody else. This is one of the things we should be encouraging and bringing up and causing and stirring that desire in them by, by showing them how it works in our life and what he's doing in us. And hey, listen, he can be doing the same thing in you and you can hear his voice. You can know his will. You can, you can spend time with him. So when times of trouble do come, you know how to get there. You're familiar with how to get there. It's not, it's not difficult. You know it like the back of your hand, right? We can have that. We can have that. You know, I had ministered on, on some of these things, you know, a while back. And, 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 and you know, I hope it's something that, that we don't just forget, but we actually pursue on a regular basis. You know, I've got to be reminded of these things. To not get busy in life, busy serving, but, but stay busy pursuing Jesus. Stay busy going after him and knowing him on a regular basis. You know, I know there are some that have, have dealt with burnout in life, burnout in, in serving God, burnout. I, I, I know it because people have talked to me. You know, if we're keeping a freshness in our walk with him, we'll never suffer burnout. We'll never su suffer burnout. We'll never suffer burnout if we stay intimate and stay close with him. We'll never suffer from being in a place where our love is growing cold. When we stay in it, you can't help but to love, to love him when you know him. You can't help but to, to do that when you're enjoying his presence. So, you know, be persistent to go after, after the Lord. Be persistent in your approach to him. Want to know his voice. Want to recognize him. Go over to John chapter, chapter uh, 17, John the 17th chapter. 
We'll wrap it up here in just a second. John chapter 17. We know Jesus came that whoever will believe in him would not perish, but what have what? Everlasting life, right? And it's, you know, we've, we've know this, that's not just salvation, but it's a manner of life. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quality of life. It's not just heaven, but it's a quality of life. Jesus said here in the 17th chapter, verse three, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life that they may know you. The one, the only true God and Jesus Christ, you, whom, whom you have sent. You know, when everything else is said and done, this is the most important thing to know him. For us personally, this is the most important thing that to, is to know him intimately and personally. Amen? You know, I just want to encourage you tonight, and we'll stop with that, but I just want to encourage you to continue to seek after him. Continue to pursue Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you, continue to pursue Jesus. When you have come across trouble, he's your answer. Be comfortable pursuing Jesus. When times are, are, are good, man, continue to pursue Jesus. Continue to enjoy what belongs to you. Continue to be, uh, you know, had, had, had this young man in, in the prodigal son, had he been familiar with the fellowship with the father, he'd have known his father's heart from the very beginning. You know, really, that, that story is an example of someone who didn't even know their father's heart. He couldn't even understand his father's well, happiness to see this, his other brother come. He didn't even understand it. Is it possible that our effectiveness in reaching the lost is not what it could be because we've lost the, we, we're, we don't fully recognize the father's heart? Right? This young man didn't understand his father's response to his brother because he didn't know his heart. Why? Because he wasn't spending time enjoying the benefits and the fellowship of being with the Father. I mean, on our mission here, I mean, this really affects every area of our life. It affects every area of our life. It affects what we put up with. Well, if we're in fellowship with him and are intimately engaged with him, then when something else moves in that is less than what he wants for us, we won't even consider putting up with it. Pastor's been talking about taking authority over things and st taking our stand, right, and using the name of Jesus. Well, when we're, when we're oh, intimately involved with him, these things become real to us. Why? Because we're, yeah, we know it belongs to us. We know that we've got the name of Jesus, but man, I want to use it. Why? Because I'm in fellowship with him. I'm, 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 I'm spending time with him. And so I know that this thing that's presenting itself can't possibly stay. Why? Because I'm, I'm too close to my father. This looks so different from what I'm used to. This looks too different from what I'm used to. See, it changes our perspective on things. It changes our expectation on things. It really affects every part of who we are. This is why Jesus on the earth, when he was doing what God, or fulfilling his ministry those three years, he constantly, the Bible says, he constantly went away by himself and spent time with the Father. He did it on a regular basis. He did it on a regular basis. He did it even with everything he knew and everything that he was, he still pulled away by himself to spend time with the Father. It's what made him effective. It's what caused him to, and gave him the ability to walk in, do, walk in what he was called to walk in and do what he was called to do is because he pursued after the, the presence of his Father. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's an important thing for our life. It's an important thing for our calling, our ministries, our effectiveness. It's an important thing. Amen? 
So I just want to encourage you tonight to continue to pursue after Jesus. And, and you say, well, I don't even know what that means. Go to the Lord about that. Lord, you, help me see areas where I can continue to grow this, where I can continue to, to develop. Because he's not run out of things to show us. He's not run out of things to, 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 to spend time with us in. Amen? You know, on nights like tonight, we can come in and we can just enjoy the presence. We can get so good at just enjoying the presence of God because we're so comfortable with him that, that no one has to get up and speak. That he could be doing all that he could be doing the speaking on a one-on-one basis with each of us, right? I mean, we can get so comfortable with him that that on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, we're just so connected with him that we're so in tune with his heart and his will that that really life is 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 a joy, even in the midst of of circumstances. Life is a joy because you're in fellowship and you're. He's responding as you're responding to him. Amen. Let's continue to pursue him. Let's continue to make it our goal and our aim to know him more. Praise God. Let's start looking for him, acknowledging him in every area of our life. Amen. Will you do that? You know, we talk about these things. I hope you know it's, this is an invitation from God. All of these things he said is an invitation. And these are things that we're going to be learning when we get to heaven. Let's start learning them now. Let's get used to walking in these things now. That's what we're going to be doing there. We can get used to walking in these things now, and it'll make us more effective in doing what we need to do here. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.